for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Okay, did you find 1 Timothy chapter 6? Are you still digging for checks or what are we doing? Are we doing good? 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at verse 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we have brought nothing into this world, and it's certain that we can carry nothing out. How many know that's the truth? And having food and clothes, let us therefore be content. But they that be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now notice, first of all, it does not say money is the root of all evil. It says what? The love of money is the root of all evil. Now notice what happens if you start getting too much money, basically, and your mind goes off. You can get into different snares, temptations. You get off in different lusts. You can get off in all these different things. Now, going back in in my history, when I was first... uh, introduced to the kingdom of God, started studying the kingdom of God, had two little boys, and I started uh, working and was working for the post office at that time. At that time, I was something called, since I transferred down here, a PTF. You know what a PTF is? Part-time flexible employee, which means you work when they tell you to work. You have no choice how many hours you work or how much you work. You worketh. So back then, I was going in at 5 o'clock in the morning, work until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 10 hours a day, 7 days a week, bringing home the money, making money, and, you know, start, start thought to, to go in my head, you know, we, we bought a little three-bedroom, two-house. I'm thinking, man, with all this money I got coming in, praise God, we'll be able to get a mansion here before this is over with, with all this money coming in, and we'll have a boat just like everybody else I see on Sunday mornings. I don't even like the water, but if I get a boat, I mean, I feel like I got something that everybody else has got, you know. Got a boat? Yeah. Ever take it out? No, but I've got a boat. Oh, you do. Praise God. Good for you and maybe a brand new big car and all these things started going through my mind and stuff but as the kids started demanding more time how many of you know do I even have to ask that kids demand time amen hallelujah kids demanded more time I finally became a regular carrier after about 10 years of PTFing and then you can either sign up for an overtime list or not sign up for an overtime list well, I'd been making pretty good money for a long time, and I jumped on that baby. It says 10-hour, 12-hour. I put many hours as you want to give me, bless God. I'll go ahead and take them. And I was reading this scripture one morning, and God said to me, he says, uh, you're working all that overtime. Uh, what's it going to buy you? I said, well, it can buy you a lot of things. He said, like what? I said, buy me a big house. Buy me fancy clothes, as you can see. Can buy you anything that you want, buy you jewelry, buy you all this stuff, buy you this, buy you that. He said, yeah, but money's not going to be able to get you what you really want. And I thought, well, what do I really want? And he said, time. He said, you cannot buy back time. Now, how many millions of billions of dollars you deposit in your bank account, you still cannot go back and pay for any hour that you just disrupted in 2018. It's gone. Time is gone. So at that time, I immediately went home and got off the overtime list. Why? Because I thought time for my kids and taking them to baseball and picking them up and doing these things was more important at that time, even though money was tight at that time, for me to do because I could never get that time back. Do you understand? No matter what age your kids are right now, and it seems that, oh my gosh, are they ever going to grow up? Trust me, they do. 
and they grow up and they're gone, sometimes you look back and you're glad that you spent time with them instead of making the extra $200 a week that we'd have probably blown on something that we didn't really need anyway. So notice, time is the big issue. And in 2019, I just want to mention to you, you've got the same amount of time in 2019 that everybody else in here does. But the question is, what are you going to do with your time this year? How are you going to spend your time? Yesterday's gone. Day before is gone. Time is an important thing and money cannot buy time. And I mean, time, time, as you get older, especially, really becomes important to you because the years start to fly by and go by and you blink your eyes and pretty soon be 2020, then it'll be 2021, then 2022. And sometimes I've just got to stop and refocus. What am I going to do today to make sure my use of this 24 hours does something for the kingdom of God and for myself? Rather than get to the end, here's what most people do, get to the end of the day, just about ready to go to bed and reflect on what they should have did that day. How yeah. I many know it's gone? That hour's gone. That minute's gone. That time's gone. That chance is gone. That opportunity's gone. That's gone. That's gone. So time is an important thing. And even though money is an important thing, no question about it, your time is more valuable than your money. And the time that God gave each one of us, I mean, I don't know what we're put here for, 70 years, 80 years, 100 years, 120 years. I don't know what, you, what your, your figure is of what you want to do. But that time is getting shorter and shorter from the day that you were born. Every minute that goes by, that time's gone. So it's not a factor of how much money am I going to get in 2019? If I'm going to get a bigger house in 2019, am I going to get a bigger car? Am I going to make a lot of money? The question is, are you going to use your time valuable in 2019? So when you get done with 2019, say, my God, that was a good year. I can't wait for 2020. Or are you going to say, what happened? I feel like I wasted the whole year. If you feel like that, it's probably because you wasted the whole year. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this morning as we give this morning, we're going to sow a seed this morning and we're going to call it a seed of time. We're going to declare that money's good and we're going to sow into the kingdom of God, which is good, but we're going to sow our lives along with our seed this morning and we're going to declare that we're going to use our time in the right manner, in God's way, and in our way in every situation so that we're not wasting any time this year. But every minute that we get this year in 2019 is going to be a good minute for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you as we sow this morning that you would keep us aware of our time, that time moves on, that time is passing. Father, and I thank you that you would continue to direct us by your Holy Spirit where to go, what to do, what to think, how to do it. Father, when we start doing something that's just a mental waste of time, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be able to get to us that we could hear his voice, we could make the adjustment, and we could do exactly what he would want us to do because that's where our happiness and peace lie in the will of God. And we thank you for it as we sow and receive it. In Jesus' name, And everybody said, amen. amen. Oh, that was a heavy one. I couldn't even get that into the basket. I had to drop it first, praise God. Should have gave it to you, right, John, with all those muscles you got. Do-da, do-da, do-da. Glory do do ba ba do ba do. Da, 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 da. And there they go, those anointed ushers. Look at them. Look at those smiling faces. Always happy, always joyous. Want to thank Claudia this morning for the yeah. coffee house. 
A lot of goodies back there, praise God. Don't forget that uh, Bethany's not here, is she? They're going to start doing some bake sales and some other things for their trip to Orlando. So I believe that'll start next week, maybe. I'm not even sure. Talk to her about it. So they're going to do some fundraisers. They're also going to sell those uh, enjoyment books if anybody wants one of those. It's buy one, get one free meals all over the place. We've always gotten one because, you know, we eat out a lot. So it depends how often you get your car washed, you know, and go to the dry cleaners and eat and all that kind of stuff or whether you want one or not. But if you do it quite a bit, they're really good. They will save you some money and uh, they'll be good for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your underwhelming excitement this morning. You can barely contain yourselves in your seats this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God, excuse me, when we do back-to-back music things, I get a little buzzed at the end of the first one, and then i got to move into the second one. So I'm a little buzzy this morning, but that's all right. Is that okay? Good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Some of y'all could use a buzz. Praise God. Glory to God. Not saying nothing. Not saying nothing this morning, but I'm looking. Hallelujah. All right, you got a Bible? You want to open it this morning? All right, go to John chapter 16. All right, John 16, did you find it? Look at the very last verse, 33. Jesus is speaking. He says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world, how many of you are in the world? Praise God. You shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I have what? Overcome the world. Hallelujah. Notice, this is Jesus speaking. And he comes right out and says that while you're in the world, you are going to have tribulation. You are going to have trials. You are going to have setbacks. You are going to have distress. You are going to have frustrations. The kingdom life that we've been teaching about is not a trouble-free life. It is a trouble-overcoming life. Troubles are going to come, basically. How many of you want a trouble-free life? Die. Die. You gotta die. Why? Because in this world, you're gonna have tribulation. You wanna get free from tribulation? Just die. Praise God. You won't have any more issues or problems. But notice, while you're here, how many of you are still here? How many of you like to stay here a little longer? All right, well, while you're here, it says you're gonna have tri- tribulations. Now, notice, he doesn't say you might have. I have spoken unto you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you shall have. Now, I don't like that prophecy. But notice, this is Jesus. He knows what's going on. So Jesus says, but you don't have to worry about it, he said, because I have overcome the world. Another translation says, I have deprived it of its power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Wow. 
So notice, a victorious lifestyle is to live above this world's tribulations that you're going to have in 2019, distresses you're going to have in 2019, the attacks that you're going to have in 2019. It's a victorious lifestyle that you are going to have by living above those things. Problems are guaranteed, but what you do in the midst of your problems is up to you. In other words, he promised you a tribulation is going to come. What are you going to do when tribulation hits your life? What are you going to do when a setback hits your life? What are you going to do when something you're not prepared for comes against your life? What are you going to do? Well, according to him, you're not supposed to worry about it, get all flustered. You're supposed to overcome it. Say overcome it. And Jesus says, be of good cheer because I have overcome. How many know Jesus overcome? Yes. Now, the first time I read this, and I just believe the Bible's talking to me, I told Jesus I was very glad for him. I was really excited about him overcoming the world and living as an overcomer. I was very pleased with him that he got to do that, and he never had any problems that he couldn't face or anything else. But I had to remind him that I'm going through hell down here, that I live here too. And I'm glad for you, Jesus. Good for you, Jesus. Thank you so very much for living in victory. But I wasn't living in victory at the time, do you see? And so why should I be a good cheer just because he? Good for you, Jesus. But I wasn't living in victory at all at the time. So I didn't really figure it out. So he took me to 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter 5, look at verse 4. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. How many of you are born of God? Yeah. Hallelujah. How many of you have been born of the kingdom of God? Yeah. Now notice what it says. Those who have been born of God are now what? Whatsoever is born of God overcomes what? The world. the world. So once I got born again, I became a world overcomer like Jesus was a world overcomer. Keep reading now. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Even our faith. Say our faith. our faith. Hallelujah. So notice, you're a world overcomer this morning. You may not be living like it. You may not be acting like it. And I'll tell you why. It's because we've been taught a lot that faith people, real faith people, don't get into trouble or go through anything. Bull. Well, everybody's gone through something. Everybody has something hit their life. Everybody has family problems, distresses, this and that. The question is... What are you going to do when 2019 slaps you upside the head? Are you going to bow down to the tribulation and the trouble and the distress? Or are you going to rise above it and be in a faith person who overcomes that situation in your life? That's the question that we've got. And I'll tell you what, when something hits your life, it's easy to pull back. Yeah. Boy, two days on Sunday before, you were, woo Jesus! And all at once Monday hits your life, I don't know where God is or what's going on. That song I sang yesterday was a bunch of crap because it ain't working in my life today. They just ate up. Come on, what happened? Distress came, and it's, it shouldn't be a surprise to you. Jesus said it was coming. It's coming in 2019. There's going to be things coming into your life, praise God. And are you ready for those things that come? What do I want to do? I want to live by faith because faith is the victory that what? overcomes the world. So we want to live by faith. Do people go through things? Yes. People sometimes say, well, you're a pastor. You never go through anything. I say, dear God, you need saved, healed, and delivered. 
No, but most of the things that hit my life, I do not put in my mouth. And I do not broadcast to the entire universe of what's going on because you've just stepped out of faith at that point, basically. No, I'm going to continue to believe God in those situations, no matter how ugly they are or how tough they are. Or if I need help with somebody, I'm going to tell them to help with me in that situation. But stuff is going to come against your life. It's just what Jesus said, and that's just the way it is, and you're not going to do anything about it. So, so why can we be of good cheer? Because Jesus did not overcome in the world because he was born of a virgin. He did not overcome because he was baptized in the River Jordan. He overcame because he lived by faith 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, I have that same opportunity. So if faith worked for him and he lived in victory in every single thing, then I can apply my faith and I can be a world overcomer at the same time, praise God. And that's why you can be of good cheer, praise God. So look at verse 5. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. How many believe Jesus is the Son of God? Notice, welcome to the world overcoming lifestyle in 2019, praise God. It's right there. But you're going to have to learn to walk by faith in every situation. It's so easy to do it on a sunny day, isn't it? But when the clouds and the rain come, praise God, we're going to find out where you're really at in your belief in the things of God. All right, go to Galatians chapter 3. One of my favorite lines that makes everybody in the world mad. They come to you and say, oh, I've just been so worried and so fretful about this situation. I just don't know what to do. I'm so worried. I'm so fretful. And I'll just say, is that helping? And they look like they want to slap you. But it's a, it's a question. Is that helping? Your worry, is that helping the situation? Your fretting, is that helping the situation? Absolutely not. It never changed anything except your blood pressure. See, it, it affects your physical body. But you ain't changing the situation by worrying and fretting over things. And you can't be in worry and in fretting and still be in faith. They're two different things. They're opposite things. All right, look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 2. Paul says, This only what I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? or by the hearing of faith. How did you guys get born again and receive the Spirit? Did you do it by the works of the law? Did you do it by getting good enough? Did you do it by doing enough things to impress God so God said, ooh, I've got to save you. I've just got to do it. Or did you do it simply by hearing the word of faith that said, if I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I can be saved. So you went ahead and did what you heard. Which one was it? It was hearing of faith, wasn't it? Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. He therefore that ministers or supplies to you in the Spirit, he that works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law, or does he do it by the hearing of faith? Notice, I want to be a miracle worker. I want to do this. I want to do this. As soon as I get a little bit better, that'll work for me. As soon as I get rid of this out of my life. No, you just got to hear the word of faith and act on what the word says. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast the devil out. It belongs to you. And when you hear and do those things, guess what? They work because now you're operating in faith. Faith has to do simply with hearing God's word and doing what God has told you to do on that word. That's all faith is. So when something hits my life, no matter what it is, I'm going to wait till the Spirit of God brings to me the word, the truth in that situation, and brings it up in me, then I'm going to take that truth, and I'm going to drive that distress, that setback, that whatever it is, out of my life. I'm going to run it out of there. Or I'm going to worry about it three or four or five days, and I'm going to waste time in those four or five days because I'm useless to everybody else and then basically hopefully I will come out of it sooner or later but notice you've got to hit these things and, and let me I'm going to jump way up here I just feel like jump can I jump yes. hallelujah glory to God I have found through my ministry that there's certain things that are faith killers in my life 
And I'm not just talking about unbelief or non-belief or worry or fear. I'm talking about certain situations. Number one, I found out that really helped me in my own life. I found out that I've got to get off why. Why? This happened. Why? Why did that happen? Well, this happened. Why? I'll give you an example. Okay, my, my dad died this year. He went to surgery. No problem, going to be an easy surgery. Wasn't. Then he didn't want to do open heart surgery. No problem, going to be an easy surgery. Came out, oh, he's doing just fine. And about three days later, he was dead. And the first thing that came up in me was, why? Why did he die? Why did this happen? Why did my sister get hit by a car when she was 19? Why did this take place? Why did that take place? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? I'll tell you, you will ruin yourself. I'm just going to be honest with you now. There's some things you ain't ever going to get figured out down here. So you might as well just kick that why out of there. And it's your why half the time that's taking you out of faith. Into doubt, unbelief, da-da, da-da. And then if you look long enough, you'll try to figure out why. And it won't make sense anyway. But there's some things that are going to happen in your life that are going to happen in your life. I'm sorry, they're going to happen in your life. And the worst thing you can do is spend your whole life trying to figure out what happened 42 years ago on a Thursday night that threw your life into a tizzy. Are you following me? There's no faith there in that thing whatsoever. So some things I just got to leave go. I don't know why this happens. I don't know why that happens. And as a pastor, you've got people all over the place who you're wondering, why did that happen? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? Why did that take place? And the first one I got in the ministry, it was driving me nuts. Because I wanted an answer for everything. I'm a pastor, you know. I'm a spiritual leader. And as a spiritual leader, I should have an answer for everybody who needs an answer. And I found a good answer. It's three words. I don't know. Well, why did this happen to my sister? I don't know. But you're the pastor. I still don't know. I don't know. I don't know why things happen. But all I know is staying in the why... Spending your life in the why was wasting time. I mean, I couldn't even read the Bible half time. I had so many whys going on in my life. When I did read it, I couldn't figure out what I was reading anyway because I was whying over here and whying over that and whying this and whying that. And I tell you what, till you come to a place where you understand there's some things you're just not going to know. At least not down here. That's just the way it happened. That's the way it is. But bless God, what am I going to do? I'm going to stay in faith and I'm going to move on. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to progress further. I'm going to keep going forward. I'm going to keep doing that. Want me to give you another one? People suffer from an O-O-O-Y-C syndrome. You know what that is? Out of your control. We were born people who have dominion. We're born people with a will. We're born people with desire. But there's going to be probably 80% of your life actually that have to do with things that are out of your control. And know how badly you want to control those things you can't control them and you trying to control the things you can't control are what's driving you nuts and stealing your peace and your joy and you can't walk by faith because you're too busy trying to control things that frustrate you because they're not changing are you listening this morning there's things that are out of our control people come to me and they want marriage and they come and we sit down and we talk about marriage and love and all that stuff and they leave and it just gets worse or they get divorced or whatever happens and how many know i want to control that situation i want to call them up every day i want to do this and that but notice there's some things that are just out of your control and you can't sit there and worry about oh what did i say what didn't i say what should i said what should i did i mean i just want those people to do what i told them to do and i'm gonna 
See, it's out of my control. I know I've studied the kingdom. I've been on the word. I've gave my life to this thing so far for the last 30 years. And I know how important the word of God is in everybody's life. And I preach the importance of the word of God. And I teach the importance of the word of God. Yet we still have people who don't even bother to read the word of God. Does that frustrate me? Oh, you have no idea. (laughs) It used to, but it doesn't anymore. You know why? It's out of my control. Used to frustrate me all the time. Well, doggone it, I'm telling you what. You raise your kids. You train them up in the way they should go. And when they get old, they'll do what they're supposed to do. And if they get out there doing all these other things, you're not going to be able to control them, so get over it. Well, they should be doing this. Yes, they should be. You taught them that way, but you ain't going to make them do that. You ain't going to change anybody. Do you understand? And you nagging people ain't going to do anything anyway. That just wears things out. So there are some things that are out of your control. They're just out of your control. And if you start thinking about it, most of the things... Almost all of them are out of your control. Now, you can either walk by faith and as an overcomer through those things, or you can get frustrated, you can get mad and distresses, you can get depressed, you can get down, you can get angry, you can get upset, and live in this other realm over here on things you can't even change. Ruin your whole four years. I should have did this. I should have. No, you shouldn't. You did whatever you wanted to do. Look at Jesus. Jesus leaves heaven, comes down here, takes on an earthly body walks with his disciples, gives his life, spit on, crucified, crown of thorns, killed, stabbed, wounded, everything, died, buried, raised from the dead, comes up, did all that stuff, and you know what? You getting saved was totally out of his control. He did all those things, but he had to stop at a limit and say, well, now it's up to them. They either get saved or they don't get saved. And I'm sure he's not up in heaven and say, oh, my God, look at that stupid one over there. Why didn't they get saved? Oh, my God, I died for that one. Don't they know what's, oh, my God, Father, help me. I'm just losing it up here on the throne. I just can't take it anymore. I want to change this thing. No, no. He did what he could do. He even had limits. Then he went back up to the right hand of Father, and it was up to everybody else what they were going to do, make the decision of either receive it or not. And it's the same with you. That cousin of mine, I've been shoving that word down their throat to get him saved. Relax. Take a Valium. (laughs) Come on. You're not going to change it. And your frustration in trying to change that thing is what's ruining your life at the same time. Are you following me? These things are things that are out of your control. And you'll find out most of the things that you're getting upset about are things you can't control anyway. You've tried your best. You've done your best. You're still doing your best. You're still trying hard. You're still fussing. You're still fine. I tell Becky all the time, she has clients who want to do this, want to do that. Then they don't call. Then they don't show up. Then they don't do this. Then they don't pay. Then they, I just tell her, it's out of your control. You can just do, do what she can do. Be the best travel agent in the world, which she is. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you understand? And then it's up to the person whether they take the thing, whether they lose part of their money because they wouldn't put the down payment on, whether they do it. But all that stuff is out of, our, it's out of your control. Do you listen to me? Your, your spouse in a lot of areas is out of your control. So why are you going to try to continue to change him or her for 40 years to line up with the way you think she should be when you know she's not going to change anyway? And you're frustrated every time. I told her not to do that. Well, you might as well just get over it. If she's doing it, she's going to do it. The only thing that's going to change her basically is her anyway. Are you following me? But you're losing valuable time. You understand? You're frustrated about the whole thing. You're upset about the whole thing. You're mad because they won't do what you want to do. And you're just wasting time, praise God. You're losing your peace, your joy. And by doing that, you're losing your righteousness. Because that's not right alignment with God. And then you're praying and wonder why it don't happen. Just relax in 2019. Control what you have the ability to control, which is mostly in your own life. 
your spiritual awareness, your relationship with God, your Bible time, your ministering to other people, you're doing anything. But there's a time you've got to cut that off at a certain point because I'll tell you what, anything out of your control that you can't control, you continue to control, there'll be no peace there. There'll be no joy there. You just don't want to do that. It drives me nuts. I'll tell you, there's times when I've seen people who believe God for a miracle and it doesn't happen. How many of you ever prayed for somebody and believed in a miracle and it didn't happen? And the first thing that comes up is why? Why didn't it happen? Number two is, bless God, I'm going to do something else then. No, it's out of your control. If you did what you were supposed to do, pretty much it's out of your control. But the question is, and then a lot of people lose faith in God. Well, God didn't heal my brother. Bless God. God let my sister get in a car accident. So what kind of God would do that? And go on and on and on. But here's the question. Do you have faith in the works of God or in the God of the works? See, you can't get mad at God if you have faith in God because God's the same yesterday, today, and ever. He's just a good God. But you can get mad if you got faith in his works because he didn't get done what you wanted him to get done. And now it's God's fault that that didn't take place. Well, it wasn't God's fault. We all know that to begin with. But you know how your mind works. And you get that mind where God didn't do this and God didn't do that. Why? Well, your faith lies in the works of God rather than in God himself. If you put your faith in God himself, you don't have to worry about it. He ain't going to change. He ain't going to ever let you down. He's always there. But if you put him in the works of God, how many know sometimes things aren't going to work a thing? And if they don't, then you're going to get depressed. And then you're going to get excited. Then you're going to get depressed. Then you're going to get excited. No, no. These are things that are out of your control. So my faith is in God. Period. Do I pray, lay hands on people, do whatever? Yes. But my final faith is in God, period. Do you understand? When my dad died, it wasn't in his works. It wasn't in the why. It was in, in God. And I just had to trust God that we did what was right. We did what was happened. Why he died, I don't know. And bless God, I'm going to continue on. Otherwise, I could have just went in a corner someplace and sat there and pulled the shades and tell Treasure Coast Victory Center that I quit. I just can't take this anymore. It's ministry. And I thought God liked me, but he don't. He's mad. He's mad at me. That's what's going on. Come on, these are all thoughts we all get. He don't like me anymore. He did that. Why did he do this? Why did he do that? I don't know why he did that. I don't know what he's doing. No, I had to gather myself from past experience. Say past experience. I'll tell you what, the best thing you can do is get in messes and get through them. Because he didn't know how to handle the bigger mess when it comes. I mean, there's people in the Bible. Look at Daniel. He was faithful to God. Daniel prayed when he wasn't supposed to. He prayed to God. Hallelujah. And what happened? They came and wanted to throw him in the lion's den. <laughs> I mean, you know, while he was praying, he was probably thinking, an angel's going to come and pull me out of here before they come and get me at the lion's den. And how many know it didn't happen? Then he probably thought, well, as I'm headed towards the lion's den, the soldiers are going to come save me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many know it didn't happen? How I many know when they were about ready to drop him down, he says, God's going to reverse gravity and I'm going to go up. Thank you, Lord. How I many know he got dropped and he ended up in the lion's den? And you know what happened in the end? God showed up. Because his faith wasn't in the deliverance of an angel. It wasn't in the way there. It wasn't in the dropping of gravity. It wasn't. In, it was in God himself. And that God was able to show up in that situation. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Invited to a barbecue. <laughs> Yes, sir. All three of them. How many know they had some thoughts? We're just doing what we're supposed to do. We're faithful to God. We love God. And what are they going to do? They're going to throw us in a fiery furnace, for God's sakes. And they were probably thinking, oh, Lord, I know you're going to make it rain. Wash that fire out before we get there. There's going to be no fire there. Yes, that's going to be God. Come on, it's going to. And they got in there, started walking around. And all at once they looked, and there was somebody in there with them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why? They had faith in the God, not the works of God. Thank God they didn't get depressed after the first time the angel didn't show up. 
You never work out, God. That lion's probably going to eat me. I'll tell you what, they'd have got an appetite before they got there. That would have been it. They would have been gone. But why is that? Because they trusted God, period. Not the, I'm not telling you not to put faith in signed wonders and miracles. I'm telling you not to put your major faith in signed wonders and miracles. The Bible says, trust in his works with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your so what am I going to do? I'm just going to trust the Lord in every single situation of my life. If it goes good, it goes good. If it goes bad and I've done all I know how to do and everything else is out of my control, I'm going to leave it alone. And I found out, you know, everybody says we've been pastoring now for almost 20 years. It's got to be tough. It is easier now than it's ever been. When I was younger and stupid, it was tough. Because you just reacted to every little thing that happened, you know, in your body. Oh, my God, this was leaving. This was coming. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You think they're coming, think they're coming, think they're going. Who likes it? Who don't? Who likes the service? Who likes the music? Who likes I don't care. It don't matter. It's not going to ruin my, you know, not going to take away my 2019 until I finally start to figure something out in 220. But you've got a whole year in 2019 now, and there's going to be things that come against your life, and they're in your life right now, some of you. Well, all of us. Let's just make it. All of us, we have stuff in our life. Number one, we're trying to control. Number one, we want to know why. You've got to get by those things in your life if you're going to live in God's kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the only way you're going to do that is to be able to stay in the Word of God consistently and build yourself up. And start with the little things. Just start with worry. See if you can keep worry out of your life. Because worry most of the time is you meditating on something you can't control. So what do you do? You try to conjure up a way for it to work. See, And whatever battles you're fighting, fight the things. Fight the things on your level. Fight the things with yourself. If you need help from somebody, go, but do not broadcast them into the United States of America to everybody out there. Are you hearing me? They don't need to know that. This is between you and him and somebody else who may be able to give you a scripture to help boost you up or kick you up. But don't let the whole world know all about this stuff. There was a time in this ministry when we were broke. I mean, broke. I mean, nobody knew about it. Nobody in the entire church knew about it. We just came. We just did what we did. We just continued to do what we do. We just did whatever. Why? Because my faith wasn't in being broke or having money or it wasn't in this. It was in God. And I really believe God called me to do this. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing now. And I'm just going to believe God is going to be faithful, which he is in everything that he does in my relationship with God. Don't let things ruin your relationship with God just because they're happening in the natural realm. Don't do that. It's you and him, praise God. Trust me. And when you're in a fiery furnace, you're going to be glad to have him in there. When you're in the lion's den, you're going to be glad he sent an angel down there then to do something about it, praise God. But you can't do it if you separate from him because you've got to know everything that's going on, every why, everything, everything that's going on in your life. So basically, the overcoming lifestyle is a faith life, and faith stays in faith even in the midst of storms because there's storms coming. Every year, well, there going to be 14 hurricanes and three of them, two might hit you. And he's telling you, you're going to get hit. Do you understand? It's his prediction. He's going to get hit. All right, go to Matthew chapter 7. All right, Matthew chapter 7, are you there? Yes. Look at verse 24. 
Therefore, Jesus says, whosoever hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And every one of these that these hear these sayings or these words of mine and does them not shall be likened or the same as unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the... Now, we all heard this scripture, but if you look at it from the point that we're talking about this morning, it's going to become pretty clear to you. Both these houses had storms. There wasn't a faith house that the rain didn't come against, and the flood didn't come against, and nothing came against, and it was just a nice little house sitting there by itself, and the rain and wind and everything came upon that house over here that was a bad house. It's not that way. The rain and the winds and the flood came upon both houses, both ones. And notice, it wasn't the rain, it wasn't the winds, it wasn't the flood that destroyed the house. It was the foundation of the house. So notice, the devil this morning in 2019 is not after your health. He's not after your wealth. He's not after your family. He's after your faith. Because if he can get you off faith, if he can get you in old worry zone, if he can get you in unbelief land, if he can get you out there where you're trying to figure out why about everything, when you're trying to control the whole world, praise God, and you're out there and doing it, what's going to happen? It's not going to work for you in your life, do you see? He's after your faith is what he's after. The only fight in the Bible is fight the good fight of money. No. Fight the good fight of a good house. No. Fight the good fight of a good husband. No. Fight the fight of And that's your fight for this year. It's simply a fight of faith. And to do that, you're going to have to hear the Word of God because faith comes by hearing and by by hearing the Word of God. So as I hear the Word of God, it teaches me more what to do in this situation, what to do in that situation. And I don't care how bad your situation is as of right now, a year from now it can be totally different. Just like that, if you'll continue to walk by faith rather than by sight and what's going on in your life. So notice, both these houses got hit. Man, the rain came, the wind came, the storms came, everything came, but it was the foundation. And notice, it does not say God sent these things. Not like he had two houses. He said, I'm going to see which house has a good foundation. Get them, get them. No, and he wasn't testing them to see where their foundation was. Things are going to happen. They're going to happen. And they're going to happen whether you want them to happen or not. Well, Mom and Dad used to say, I used to call them every time I'd call them. I'd say, hi, how you doing? What are you doing? Just got back from the funeral home. I said, why? Another one of our friends died. You know, they were 88, and one by one, they were just dying off. And she kept saying, well, why are they all dying? I, I don't, I mean, I couldn't come up with any theological thing. I said, maybe because they're 98. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's got something to do with it. I mean, I don't know why that happens, but it happens, see, and you can't, you can't figure that out, do you see? You just got to understand that things happen, and those things are good. I'm going to do what I can in those situations, but I'm going to go on in my righteousness, my peace, and my joy. Uh, my kids are going to be my kids. I've got good kids, thank God, and they're loving. They love God and everything else, and I can give them advice on what to do in certain situations, whether it be finances or whatever, but then how many know they are going to do, and if they don't do it, do something different. I'm like, oh, God, I'll that I'll tell you what, I'm just so mad at these. And they're stealing my peace and stealing my joy. And I'm like, no, no. No, you gave up your peace. You gave up your joy. Hey, if they don't want to take your advice, be stupid. And then come back and say, hey, we messed up. That, that's all right. It's just everybody's got to learn. Do you understand? You can't control these things. Spouses, you can't control your spouse. You can't do it. You don't do it. You just let it go. You let them go out there. You can't control it. You may pray for them. Probably they're praying for you. 
See? Because they know every dumb thing you're doing just as you know every dumb thing that they're doing that disrupt both of us, basically. But some things are just not going to change. So I'm not going to give up my peace and my joy and my everything else of what's going on and what's happening. and what's. I'm just going to focus on me, walking in peace, joy, love. I'm going to give information where people live, and I'm going to tell people how to live. I'm going to tell people how to do. Then I'm going to be like Jesus. It is finished. And if anybody wants to take advantage of it as finished, then they can take advantage of it as finished. But if they want to die and go to hell, I'm not going to fall off my throne at the right hand of the Father simply because people don't want to receive. Are you following me? And you're not in control of their lives. You're not in control of them situations. Most of the things, you know, as I stopped and thought about it when I was thinking about this one time, there's a lot of, about everything in my life's out of control. I don't have control when somebody ends up in the hospital and I need to run down to see them. I don't have control when somebody calls over here and I've got to go there. Somebody don't have control when it rings at 3 o'clock in the morning and go down and see somebody. I don't have control of this situation or that situation or this person at church, that person at church. The only thing I can do is do what I do and then I've got to take a breath and just relax, pray for them, and go forward, praise God. So don't, don't be controlling. Don't think you're going to change it. Some people try to change things for years. I've been trying to change him for 35 years. I'm sorry to hear that. Because you just wasted probably 33 years of your life trying to change something that you are never going to change in your entire life, praise God. So those whys and those things out of your control and whatever, and learn to come to a place where you're going to love. You made a decision. You are going to put God first and love him no matter what happens. No matter what happens. If they take you to the fiery furnace, praise God, you're going to have your faith in God anyway. Glory to God. You're not going to have it in an asbestos suit. You're not going to have it in a waterproof suit. You're not going to have it in any of those things. Praise God. No, you are going to have it in God himself. And I'll tell you what, that's what he wants. He wants you to trust in the God who loves you and who cares for you. Some things happen, like I say, they're out of your control. You don't know why. Maybe we'll know why when we get up to heaven. I don't know. But for down here, you're wasting your time trying to figure out why things, why, 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 why. You're just never going to figure out down here. Praise God. So 2019 is going to be an overcoming year for each and every one of us. We're going to continue to walk by faith. When the storm comes, we're going to walk by faith. When the winds come, we're going to walk by faith. When the floods come, we're going to walk by faith. And hopefully we can help someone else whose house then is starting to float away. You're going to tell them how you got there. You're going to tell them how you did it. You're going to tell them how your house is standing. But even if they don't listen to you, even if they don't get, get mad at you, never want to talk to you again, you're simply going to pull back. You're not going to try to overtake them, run over them, force them to do anything. You're going to do exactly what you can do in your own little power and in your own little place. You've got control of some things, but most things in your life are out of control, whether you like it or not. So praise God, we're just going to control, hallelujah, whatever comes along. In the church, I'm just going to do what I can do, praise God, and after that, it's all I can do, glory to God. That's all we can do in each and every life. I'll tell you what to do. You'll be in peace all the time. You'll be in joy all the time. You won't be freaking out all the time. You won't be wasting time all the time. I mean, you know, a total worry-free day is a total waste of your time. And you just gave 24 hours away to someplace else because you got nothing done productive that day, nothing finished. So praise God. We're going to walk by faith, whether the storm comes or whether it doesn't. But I'm telling you, there's things that are going to happen this year, so just bear up. Praise God. Don't prophesy them in your own life. But there are things that are going to come, so that's all right. We can walk above those things, praise God. Tribulation's coming. Jesus said it. But bless God, we're the people who walk by faith and not by sight and walk above that all every single day of our life. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. Glory, glory. Well, I believe that helped you this morning. Peaceful life, praise God. Let's just live peaceful lives, huh? Hallelujah. Glory to God forever. Glory. Glory.
I'm so worried. Let go. Let go of it. I'm so worried about this. Take your hand off the thing then. Leave it alone. Praise God. I don't know why. Neither do I. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody say, I don't know. I don't know. Why is the Holy Ghost talking to them and not to me? I know that. That's not an I don't know. <clears throat> There's some things you do know also, praise God, according to the Word of God. I'm talking about other things other than that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. I just feel good this morning. Glory to God. I wish you all felt as good as I do right now. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.